Coming up on the Men at the Movies podcast, Britt and I talk about what it means to grow up from the movie Hook. We don't realize how often God allows crisis to enter our lives so that we could recover our hearts and discover the hero we were meant to be. We can't remain a child forever, but how can we avoid becoming a pirate who lives in fear, who takes and whose life ultimately doesn't matter? We must learn to crow, to fly, and to fight, combining the heart of a child with the strength of maturity. Join us as we discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story, the story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and joining me is Britt Mooney. How you doing, man? I'm doing amazing. I'm doing pretty well, actually, overall. How are you? Good. We're doing great. We are excited to bring you Hook. This is, I mean, we say this all the time. This is one of Britt's favorite movies. <laughs> um, but this legitimately is, and I'm watching it, and you know, some of some of Britt's choices I've had questions about, <laughs> you know, they're not the stereotypical, oh, you see, you see Gladiator or you see Braveheart or you see Saving Private Ryan or Top Gun. And those are movies like, oh yeah, man, let's talk about this one. But there is a magic and a power to the story of Hook that really, it captured my attention very, very quickly. Came out in 91. And yet he still had a cell phone, which was way ahead of its time. Steven Spielberg magic, I guess. So, Britt, why, uh, why, it, why did we save this one for sort of one of your big build-up exciting ones you're most looking forward to episodes? Well, I, I think you asked me last into last year, 22, like, what are some of your big ones you want to do? <laughs> I said, give me a list of three to five. He sends me 12. <laughs> and this is one of those movies that I, I use often when I teach about the new creation and living in this world like the other world exists, you know. And so I use this movie often and due to my age – you know, 91 was a formative year for, <laughs> for me. And I remember seeing this in the theater and laughing and enjoying it. But over time, just like with many of these movies, I think I understand it and it actually impacts me more now than it did. Oh my when, gosh, yes. <laughs> when I saw it at the time. And I understood the themes at the time in the sense of what they were trying to say about fatherhood. and But, you know, the more I know about the kingdom, the more I know about being a father, the more I know about have those experiences, the more this movie means to me. And so you know, all, all of that together makes it a, a powerful movie to me because I think there's so many different levels and themes within it. And, and you've got a, a master director. I mean, this is Steven Spielberg. I'm not going to say in his prime because I don't know that he was ever out of his prime, but this is Steven Spielberg 
in his in his prime days as far as like if he was going to do a movie it was probably going to make tons of money and so you know robin williams i mean like the, some some of this casting is phenomenal dustin hoffman bob hoskin maggie smith this is before downton abbey this is uh, before you know, harry potter before harry potter uh john williams does the music now julia roberts is in it and they got her because she was this was kind of the height and of gwyneth paltrow and gwyneth paltrow and As phil collins <laughs> and phil collins is a cop <laughs> it dates itself a little with the battle stuff like it's weird like there's a lot of colors and there's a lot of like it's just weird why are why are pirates fighting with swords and kids are fighting Meat with and candy and tomatoes and tomato or something <laughs> like it was just like weird but again you have a director who was very uh, anti-gun and it is it is a kid's movie it is a kid's movie at its heart but the themes are not kid themes to me. The, the right. themes, I think kids enjoy it because kids enjoy it. I think because we want a father who lives in adventure and who takes us on an adventure. That's what we want. And so as a kid, you, you connect with that as an adult, you can quickly connect with <laughs> how have I lost the hero? Right. I thought I was, how, how have I lost, the adventure-seeking hero that I thought I was. How did I lose that? How did I become the antithesis of that? And so that makes it a great movie to me. Right. And and we're going to sort of dig into these these topics, where we're heading. We're going to ask some big some big questions because as as a younger man, when I was watching this, resonated much more with Jack, right? You're like, oh, yeah, I want a father who will fight for me, who will take me on adventure, who's not a workaholic and and now as a 40 something year old man I'm resonating with Peter and I'm like well yeah he's actually not he's not a bad guy he just grows up right so what I mean the whole thing is what happens to Peter Pan when he grows up if we're doing the one sentence synopsis it would be Hook intervenes to remind Peter Pan who he is to, to dig into that just a little, we watched Beauty and the Beast the other night, which I love. It's also one of my top 100 top 10 <laughs> There's a scene where she's singing and she's on the hilltop and there's got to be more to this life. Yeah. Flowers are floating around her and she's singing lovely. And this is great moment. And the, she's like, there's got to be more to this life. And the next thing that happens is crisis enters her life. And I don't think we realize how often God allows crisis to enter our lives so that we can rediscover the hero we were meant to be. And we look at it as awful and we look at it as horrible and it sucks and it, and we don't like it and we're not supposed to like it. That's not that's not the promise. The promise is, hey, you're going to like everything in your life. The promise is, I'm going to teach you how to be a hero like I'm a hero. And that's God's promise in Christianity. And that's what we see in this movie is he has forgotten the hero he was. In every way, he's forgotten it. And this is what it takes to get him to rediscover 
and be the person he's supposed to be now, yeah. which I think is, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead, but. Well, it's an interesting concept because there's that, not really a joke, but this story of this guy dies and he wakes up and his best friend's there. He's like, come on, man, we got a tea time at Augusta National. Best, you know, best golf course. He goes there. First hole, he gets a birdie. Great drive, great second shot, makes the putt. Same thing happens. Like he shoots a course record. It's like, oh man. Then they go out, they have this fantastic lunch. He goes back to his house. He He's in heaven, right? Because everything's beautiful. He has everything he could possibly desire. Hmm. Lives comfort, no demands, no conflict, no crisis, no nothing. It's just sit around my ties by the pool every day. But every, every time he plays golf, it's like this. Every day he goes out. It's like, man, this, it's, it becomes boring. He's like, wait, where am I? Because that's not heaven, <laughs> right? That's hell. hell. You know, we think of heaven, you know, they, the media likes, likes portraying it as either like angels playing harps sitting on clouds or this non-going church service or this, this, or this never-ending church service. Both of those sound pretty awful. To live, right? <laughs> to most men, at least. To my, yeah. I, I mean, it, that popped up even in the Matrix. That idea, like we we created this program, but the problem was, it was too perfect. You, it was too perfect. It was too good. It was too. It wasn't real. You needed conflict to make yourselves work, and that's what we see with Hook. I loved how you that you brought that up, and I mean, we're this is a thirty year old movie now. We're not going to rehash it. Peter Pan grows up. His kids get kidnapped by Hook. And he has to remember who he is in order to rescue them. That's the movie, right? You see Peter in the beginning. And he's a working dad. He's on the phone at his daughter's play. He's got a meeting. They're supposed to go to, to visit Granny Wendy. And he's always working. He's always on his phone. So... Going back to the big ideas, what happens to a man as he grows up? How do we keep from becoming a pirate? Because what we see is what he works, he sort of, he's a corporate takeover lawyer guy. And Granny Winnie's, oh, you're a pirate now. What's the impact of becoming a pirate? We talk, we see that with his, with his kids and with his wife. The question is, how do we grow up well? And, and then why, why do we need to grow up? In this whole movie, and I think the Peter Pan story is the battle internally to become Hook or Peter Pan, when the truth is we sort of need to be both. You know, you know, you, like we need we need to grow up, but we can't become Hook. And what they what they say in the movie: all grown ups are pirates. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But we need to grow up because. Like his kids needed him, right? And that, that was actually a, a, one of those powerful moments where he's like, I left Neverland because I wanted to be a dad. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kick it off early early on in the, in the movie with, with one of the scenes here. And as many of us have experienced, Peter's on the phone. Peter played by Robin Williams. We finally got Britt to do a Robin Williams movie. And he's on the phone with work. He's got a big deal. It's 
this is an inconvenient time, which there is no convenient time to take a break from work. work. There will always be more work to do. And his kids are going crazy. I don't know. I'm sure you've experienced this where you're trying to talk to somebody and the kids are hanging off you and, and he loses it. And then his wife, Myra, comes in and, and they have this really good conversation. She chucks the cell phone out the window, this old, old 1991 cell phone. I couldn't believe it was that old. I, I don't remember cell phones in 91. No. So that's Not that the setup. small. <laughs> no, I know, right? There's no car brick I mean, attached the ones to it. I knew were like these huge honking <laughs> things, man. It's like a brick by your head. But, you know, Steven Spielberg, always looking ahead, always cutting-edge stuff, tech, technology and innovation. So we're, this is the scene of that conversation of seeing how far Peter has come. Because not just, you know, he's he's this is a, he says, this is a phone call in my life. He's afraid of flying. He's afraid of having open windows. He is consumed by business. As, as Granny Wendy said, you've become a pirate. And we see that reflected in the conversation here. Five billion dollar deal falling apart because of this? Why didn't somebody just shoot me in the head? Bang! Bang! Well, everybody just shut up! I'm sorry. And leave me alone for one moment more. Get him out of here, will you? I'm on the phone call of my life. Come on, Jack. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. Come with me. Mommy. I'll show you the window where your father and I Mommy. used to stand Mommy. and blow out the stars. I never should have come here. I should have stayed till the deal was done. You haven't been here for ten years, though Granny asked you to visit every year. I've been a little busy, Maura. You promised the children some real time here. I just got here. What are you talking about? Examine them or yell at them. It's not true. How many more broken promises, Peter? It's bad, Maura. I gotta take this call. I gotta fix this. No, you gotta fix your family first. You hated the deal. I hated the deal, but I'm sorry you feel so badly about it. Your children love you. They want to play with you. How long do you think that lasts? Soon Jack may not even want you to come to his games. We have a few special years with our children when they're the ones that want us around. After that, you're going to be running after them for a bit of attention. You are not being careful. And you are missing it. You mentioned that first scene in the movie where he's on the phone and he's at his daughter's play or all that stuff. And he can't pay attention. The play that his daughter is in is Peter Pan. She's playing Wendy. And I think one way that it starts that we get astray is we lose the magic of the stories we believe in. 
We, we stop believing in the truths of the stories we grew up with. They're, they're just, they're just for kids. They're stories that are for kids. And, but there's a reason why we tell people, kids, these stories, it's not to entertain them. You know, who's a Chesterton, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we don't, we don't tell kids stories about dragons because kids need to know that dragons exist. Children know that dragons exist. They need to be told how to kill the dragon. And I'm somewhat butchering that that quote because it's no, actually, actually really, it's actually pretty close. It's it's a really long quote. the The original quote is super long, but it's it's important. We don't tell children these stories because we're just trying to entertain them and placate them, or. or but because children naturally believe that there's magic in the world and that is a precious, precious thing. And what we do is we start to get older and we start being ruled and consumed by paying bills and making sure people get to school like I did this morning. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you, you, you start, your life becomes ruled by minutia. And therefore, what happens is you forget the magic that you grew up with. By You think by necessity. Now, I'm using the word magic, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition here to something else. We, we, we can use the term supernatural, if you will. When, 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 when my son was a, a kid, he totally believed that David killed Goliath and chopped his head off. Totally believed it. Loved that story. But we, we get older and, and we kind of look askance at the Bible stories now. Did a big fish really swallow Jonah for three wait, wait, days? Wait, wait, wait. But when you're a kid, you believe this stuff. Right. And Jesus says, unless you become like a child, you, you can't enter the kingdom. That doesn't mean childish. It means that childlike wonder, believing that there's magic in the world, and we lose it. And, and we lose it because of all the stuff that we think we have to do mm. and what, what, that, what that engenders in us is fear, Right. When, 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 when we lose, when we lose the magic of the supernatural, what, what happens to us in that moment is now I've got all these responsibilities. And if, if I don't work, if I don't make money, then the bills don't get paid. And then like our minds start to go like down the path of all the consequences that could happen. And I don't want this to happen. I don't want that to happen to my kid. I don't want this to happen to my house. I don't want this to happen. You know, somebody turn off the lights because you know the, the electric bill is. You know, like we we th this this is this is what we think about. And it's not bad to be good stewards of our stuff right. and wisdom. I mean, I'm not speaking against that. I'm just saying that <clears throat> when our when our thoughts become dominated by those things, then that engenders fear in us, that creates fear. And that's what we see with Peter at the beginning of this movie. 
He's afraid to fly. Don't go to the window. Get away from there. Get off of that thing. Don't jump from there. Like, don't. You could get hurt. You see that when they're going crazy when he's in Neverland of, you need a helmet. What's going on? You're you're jumping too high. You're going too fast. Right? Fear. Yeah. And, and we get that because we have more experiences where people fall and hurt themselves, right? right? When you're, you don't have that experience. Uh, and, and so that ignorance. Every sort of, other time I came down on my feet. <laughs> and, and, and one of my, a great story, I think it was Edwin McManus back in the day when he was one of those popular writers. Erwin. Erwin McManus. Was that who it was? Erwin McManus. Yeah. I just read a couple of his books. Was it The Barbarian Way or something? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And, and you may know the story, but like his kid was like on the second story in a balcony or something. And he's down, he's down. And I don't remember how old the kid was, but you know, old enough and, but young enough too. And he's down there in the yard with his wife and, and his kid goes, dad, can I jump? And his wife is like, no, you know? And Erwin says, yes, jump. And his wife was like, what? He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to give him this limiting idea. Like it's, it's two stories. What's the worst thing can happen is he breaks a leg or something like, you know, we'll take him a lot. Like, but what, what about his heart? What about his heart? And, and, and what he believes is, is, is right and good in the world. What about that? And, and I don't want him to lose that. I want him to know that his father wants him to take risks and wants him to do certain things. And, and so all of that is, is where Peter is, is that he wanted to be a father. He leaves Neverland with this dream of becoming a father. And it is a good dream to become a mm -hmm. father. That is a godly and right thing to want to be a father. And we'll get to that towards the end, probably in a eight or 10 hours. Uh, but, <laughs> but because he's so consumed by, by providing, by succeeding, by finding an identity and something new, all of that stuff, he's missing what life really is in that clip. He goes, this is the phone call of my life. And his kids are right there. And, right. and and he was like, I shouldn't have come. Like, like we're going to honor this person who saved you. <laughs> like, like there's some things right. are more important. And we were talking about, so this, this weekend on Sunday, I'm going to talk about the fear of failure as a fear that we deal with. Right. And part of that is we have to redefine success. Part of dealing with the fear of failure is redefining success. Just on the big level, my life is already hidden in Christ at the right hand of the Father. This is Colossians. It's already there. I don't know how much more successful I can get. I'm already, that's already who I am. I'm already a son of the king. I'm already going to inherit the kingdom. I don't know how much more successful I can be. But that doesn't mean I don't have things to do. That just means I have to redefine what my idea of success is. Because God's training me for that moment. And sometimes he's bringing crises <laughs> into my life because he's not just thinking about 10 years or 20 years down the road. He's thinking about ruling and reigning with him in heaven. 
That's what he's thinking about. And he's training me for that moment, just like he trained Joseph in the prison and, and, and had him be faithful there so that he could trust him with the ruling of a whole empire in Egypt and for his heart not to be led astray in that moment. And so here we have Peter in fear. And, and here's the thing. When we forget, I wrote this down, when we forget our hero identity, we become the pirate. There's no in-between. Yeah. We think, well, I just don't have time for that. I'm still a good person. I'll just do this. No, you become the pirate. There's no, you, you don't get to have both. You, you are either the hero you were born to be or you're going to become the pirate. Those are the two paths. Right. And you see that in that, that choice. You need to fix your family. And he picks up the phone call. Right. I just thought it was interesting when she says that you need to fix your family. That's true. Yes. But what God knows is that we can't fix our family. We can't be the husbands, fathers, men that we need to be Good. until we fix ourselves. Good. And we can't fix ourselves on our own. And that's what we're, we're, where we're heading to the purpose of conflict, how it helps us remember who we are. And what's most important, as we've talked about before. But this other idea I wanted to grab before we move on is Moira's talking about the kids. In a few years, we have a few years, and then it's over. You're not being careful. You're not being careful with their heart, with my heart, or your heart. You're not being careful. Proverbs says, guard your heart, mm. for from it flow the wellsprings of life. You're not being careful. We have to be careful with our hearts. Mm. You're missing it. Again, in Proverbs, our life is but a vapor. Yes. Because what I'm seeing now is I'm getting older. I have friends now whose kids are now moving out. They've spent their whole life focusing on the kids, right? Being present for the kids. Like they could, you know, Peter could have been great, attended all the baseball games, attended all the plays, been attentive for the kids, but then the kids leave. You're like, well, now I can, now I can get my work done. Life is a few years. Life is but a vapor. Good. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it with work. I love those things that you're the, sort of the deathbed confessions. Nobody ever says, I wish I spent more time at work. Nope. Nobody says, I, maybe they say, I wish I made more money. But what they say is, what would they give all that money back? Time with your family. One more day with this person. One more lunch with, with their friend. One more breakfast yeah, with their kids. So one, more, one more time spent. Don't miss your life because of work. So I, I've saw this. I've seen it a couple of times on TikTok. This is a great video where this guy was asking a couple of young people. He said, if I gave you a million dollars right now, could how hard would it be to put you in a bad mood? Oh, it would be so hard to put me in a bad mood. If you gave me a million dollars, he said, what if I told you that I gave you a million dollars, but you were going to die in the morning? You're going to die tomorrow. Would you still want the million dollars? And I go, well, I, what's it worth? What does it mean? And he goes, so you're saying living tomorrow is worth more than a million dollars to you, a billion dollars to you. 
And they said, yeah. He goes, then why don't you act that way? Why don't you get up in the morning and realize living another day is worth more than all the money in the world? What a great adventure. That makes our hearts come alive. That makes us that makes us live differently. And we're not talking about not growing up at all. Where this is where we'll get to. It's just like, is that getting to a new place? Because here's the thing. We tell kids these stories not to placate them or to entertain them, but to tell them when you grow up, you can be a part of a story like this. And then we for, when, when we treat them like they're only mm. stories, then we don't live like those are true stories. And, and that's what hook the hook crisis. That's why God allows the enemy to mess with you. That's why he does that is to remind you like you weren't made to just be entertained. You were born and born again, definitely to enter into this story, not just read about it on Sundays for an hour and a half or sing about it for 30 minutes and feel nice, but you were made to enter this story that you read about in the Bible. You are made to become a part of it. That's what you are made for. So when Hook comes in, that's what he's reminded of. And Man, I'm telling you, it, it just means so much to me because, as you know, I'm in a place of transition right now, and yeah. and, and you can read all that you want and think all that you want, but at, at some point, man, if you're going to go to another level, you got to jump. You got to jump. You got to learn to crow, learn to fight, learn to fly. You got to like, <laughs> you got to, you got to jump out there, man. You either like, okay, let's see what I'm made of. I don't even right. know what I'm made of, but I'm about to freaking find out <laughs> what I'm made of, right? And it's so helpful that I have a father who loves me no matter what. <laughs> I got to remind myself, whether I fall on my face or not, I have a father who loves me. That's just my own little personal counseling session there. But, <laughs> but here you have Peter. Get away from the window. I don't like flying. And, you know, he's, and, and it's like, man, we need a new dad. <laughs> you need something right. different. We need a new something different. And, um, and that's the journey that Peter goes on. And that's what, that's what so many of us need is that moment of this isn't working for me anymore. Like I had a moment the other night. I had a half pan I said this is feels like a half panic attack. Mm. And it seemed it was a question that was seemingly very innocuous, possibly restoring an opportunity. And I'm sitting there like this, like my heart is racing. I feel short of breath. My cheeks are flushed. And it triggers. It's like, I need, I need to figure this out. Something's not working for me anymore. And that's where that's where Peter finds himself hook takes his kids he's like who's hook he doesn't know he doesn't remember so he's even forgotten who the enemy is right that's how far he's come that's how far afield he's gone and so wendy brings him in granny wendy she's a great grandmother now brings him in has a conversation and as she's talking, he's getting more and more confused because 
He's like, wait, I don't understand. How did you, like, I wasn't around for your wedding. And then she just jumps in and says, you're Peter Pan, which kind of freaks him out. But it does because he's completely forgotten the first basically 13 years of his life. 10 to 13 years. I'm not sure how old he is. He's basically forgotten everything before Myra, everything before leaving Neverland. This is an intervention by someone who loves Peter, who's pursuing his heart, and she asks him a really good question. Yes, I was an old lady when I wrapped twin blankets at grandmother, with my 13-year-old granddaughter asleep in the bed, Moira. And when you saw her, that was when you decided not to go back to Neverland. Where? To Never Neverland. Moira! Grant, I'm going to go get Moira. You know, I've tried to tell you so many Maybe times. Give us a cup of tea, Zoe. I knew you'd forgotten. Listen, I'm, I'm not ready to no, deal I with this must, right now. Peter. What? The stories are true. I swear to you. I swear on everything I adore. And now he's come back to seek his revenge. The fight isn't over for Captain James Hook. He, he wants you back. He knows you'll follow Maggie and Jack to the ends of the earth and beyond. And by heaven, you must find a way. Only you can save your children. Somehow, you must go back. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? Uh, that's the line that gets me every time. Some Only you can do this. The cops can't do it. The government can't do it. Only you. And, and, and I feel like the past 15 to 20 years of my ministry has been looking at the church and going, don't you know who you are? The stories are true. It's that simple. The stories are true. The enemy isn't done. Don't you know who you are? You need to come alive. You need to come awake. You need to stand up and be who you've been called to be. Men, women, children, old people, everybody. If you're in Christ, this is this is it. We need you. Not a not a minister, not an author, not a this guy, not a that guy. We need you to come alive. And, 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 you know, you, you didn't, part of it is, is what Toodle says, who seems like he's crazy. The people who believe the stories are true seem crazy. <laughs> I lost my marbles. Well, I can't, I don't have fairy dust. All oh, that guy's, that guy's a nut. But then he says, have to crow, have to fly, have to fight. Have to fly. Have to fight, have to crow, have to save Maggie, have to save Jack. Okay, he's back. You're the only one who can save them. And and what you and then Wendy gives him the purpose, right? She gives him the process. Somehow you have to remember who you once were. You have to the only you have to recapture and redeem the hero identity in yourself. You have to remember the kid that took a brick and a plank and tried to jump a creek. You got to remember that guy. 
You got to remember him. You, 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 you can't forget him. You can't forget building forts in the woods and, and playing war and being the hero and imagining yourself a hero because you become a pirate. But your kids don't need a pirate. The world doesn't need more pirates. We can't fight piracy with more piracy. We, the world doesn't need pirates. The world needs heroes and saviors and redeemers. And that's who we are in Christ. And so often, because of our fear, see, here's the people who are afraid become pirates because they just take. They never think they're going to have enough. There's not enough time. There's not enough. So we're afraid of time. We don't want to think about an end of time. So we smash all the clocks. And it's like, it's like we, we just we're constantly thinking about what we don't have. And so, and so we become selfish. That's what fear does to you. That's why you become a pirate with fear. But a hero hmm. says, wait, I can fly. <laughs> wait, I can fight. Wait, I, I, I have agency. I have, I have activity that I can do. And, and that's the freedom that Christ gives us. That's the freedom that Christ gives us. And, and I, I just, like I said, I, I love that. Peter, don't you know who you are? I swear to you, the, the stories are true. I swear it. And and I feel like that's, like I said, I feel like that's been my begging call to people for the last 20 years. Don't you? And I, because I have to do it for myself. Don't you remember who you really are? Remember who and whose you are and remember what you were born again to do. And okay, <laughs> it's not going to be safe. It's not going to be fun. But being a pirate isn't and being bound by fear. That's not fun either. I mean, a pirate got shot playing baseball. That's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> he got, <laughs> I love when they shot, when Hook shot the checkbook and the dude behind him died. <laughs> Basically, it's saying a, a pirate's life is death. Right. Because you're going to die. You know, then, and, what is it? Hook keeps saying death is the last great adventure. Nothing left. There's nothing left in this world that interests him. And what we see, what does it take for him to do these things? Why does he go? Why does Peter go through the 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 process that he has to go through in order to remember who he is, in order to become who he's meant to be? It's his kids. He's he goes. He doesn't know it. Tink, you know, kidnaps him back to Neverland. He wakes up, doesn't know where he is. He does what he can to try to rescue them, but he's in his old, he's in his <laughs> new identity, which is crap, which we get there slowly. It doesn't happen overnight. There's even a sense like I was watching this, seeing how stressed out I become about things. You know, it's a very busy week. I have, you know, my daughter asked, hey, can you watch... Case and my grandson, can you watch him tomorrow night so I can do work? And I was like, you know, I've told her for weeks and months now, I'm available. So if she asks me to do something and I'm available, I should do it even if I'm stressed about all the stuff that's on my list. Because the stuff that's on my list to do doesn't all have timelines, doesn't have deadlines. I was talking to somebody this weekend and he's like, man, I am terrible to go on vacation with. I want to wake up early. I want to get there early. I want to go, go, go. 
but he's like, dude, we get there at like noon. We can't check in till three. So we're like in the, in the grocery store parking lot for two hours. Kids are going crazy. I've been miserable. Like these self-imposed deadlines to get stuff done are sort of what sort of starts taking us on that route to become a pirate. Mm. But what was it that really sort of unlocked everything? His happy thought? What caused him to leave Neverland was he wanted to become a father. Being a dad was his happy thought. And even at the end, Rufio says, if I had one wish, I wish you were my dad. Those are the, the pieces of his identity. Those are who he is. Remembering, why am I placed on this earth? What does God have in store for me? It's not working 12 hours a day. You get there because you feel some sort of false need to provide. You feel like it's all up to you. Mm. I just finished reading Life Without Lack by Dallas Willard, mm. where he says, you know, he looks at Psalm 23 and says, you know, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Some, some say, I shall not want. My favorite one says, I lack nothing. Mm -hmm. If you don't have it, you don't need it. But how few of us actually live a life where we lack nothing. There's no resource I don't have, I need that I don't have. There's no relationship I don't have that I need. Nothing that I don't have is something that I need. And Jesus says the same thing. Look at the, the birds of the, the, the birds that fly and the lilies of the field. They don't stress it. And if God takes care of them, how much more is he going to take care of you? But we live, we don't trust God to take care of us. We don't live fearlessly. There it is. There it is. And so in the movie, Peter Pan has to go back to Neverland. But like you said, he's got that confrontation first with Hook where he tries to buy Hook off. He tries to buy him off because that's the only weapon he understands. And... Um, and Hook doesn't respect him. And Tinkerbell buys him more time. She's like, I'll get him in shape. So just to see what happens is he, it, in order to become who he's meant to be, in order to be the father he dreamed of being, by the way, that's really where this mm -hmm. is going. He had to remember what it was like to be a child. So what's the lesson? If in order to be, the father I'm, I'm meant to be, I have to remember what it was like to be a kid. But I'm not a kid. <laughs> That's where this movie's going. If I forget what it's like to be a kid, I become a terrible dad. That's, that's the truth. You become a pirate. I become a pirate. I'm just taking, or I'm just ordering around, or I'm just whatever. But when I remember what it was like to be a kid, I can ask the right questions. I can encourage. I can I can cheer in the right moments. You know what I mean? I can engage with where they are in love. And we do this, even if you don't have kids, we do this in Christianity. How many times do, do people become Christians? Uh, hopefully you live in a community where there are people becoming Christians and they're not as mature as everybody else yet. 
and we we try to make them old fuddy duddies like that's maturity instead of right. instead of enjoying them as children in Christ enjoying their joy enjoying their awe and wonder and i read this in the bible i never thought about it before and going oh man i learned that 20 years ago like be in awe that that's what children do well it's like rufio in the beginning they respond you're not the pan you're not I have the, the sword. He's he's jealous of the attention. Right. And then and then that one little kid takes his glasses off and looks him in the face and goes, "There you there you are. There you are." But it's he distorted his face into a smile. <laughs> he made him right? smile. <laughs> like maybe if you smile. Um but he has to be disciplined but not disciplined in his world. He has to be disciplined in the new world, in, in, in the kingdom, in Neverland. He has to be disciplined in the supernatural to get back to the hero he was meant to be. But to your point, it doesn't happen really until he remembers love, that love was his motivation. And he remembers when Jack was born and he remembers the change that happened in his heart. And the reason why this hits differently when you're older is because if you've had kids, you remember that moment. Everything was possible. Everything was love. You were going to do anything for this kid. You hadn't screwed up a billion times yet. <laughs> screwed up a million times. You hadn't yelled at them because they left the window open or anything. You just because they're talking while you're on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you hadn't done all that yet, and, and and they're not perfect either. And and they don't listen, and they don't do what they're supposed to do, and and, and, and all that stuff. And it's just that pure love and. You know, Jesus calls us back to that too, man. He's like, you forgot your first love. You forgot that feeling. Like that's an eternal reality. That feeling of, oh my gosh, there's a God who loves me and wants me. Like he hears me, he sees me, he loves me, he values me. You know, you know, back to your, you know, about the sparrows. And I think it's in Luke where he says, aren't you worth more? You're worth more than a flock of those things. Like he, look how much he loves one. And you're worth way more to him because, because he's got, he's got things for us to do. Uh, uh, he also, by the way, part of his discipline is he's got to learn to eat invisible food. I love that part that he's hungry and he's tired and, and he sits down and he's ready to eat and there's nothing on his plate and everyone's, it looks like they're pretending to eat. And he's like, this is craziness, right? But again, it's you're in a different world. You're eating different food. You're getting sustenance from something different. Um, he can't see the invisible food until he finds the child. He, he can't see the invisible food until he finds the child within. Which... It, and, in the scene means he starts insulting them, which, which is, which is part of the game. And then they have a food fight, the exact opposite of what he would have done or let his kids do. They have a food fight. They, uh, but after the child is awakened in him, there's abundance. It's a feast. Mm. 
but but again, the transition can't be to stay a child, but to remember the promise of a child, to remember the awe and wonder of a child and the playfulness of a child, that my dad in heaven wants to play with me. That's what he wants. And what does Jesus say? But my food is to do the will of my father. That's right. And it's not food, right? It's not, we think literally, oh, Jesus needs a, you know, bread and some fish or whatever. Food is what do I need to sustain my life, my heart? Yes. After a few years, it's over. What am I doing? You have to be, you're not being careful. How am I being careful to do the will of the Father? If I seek first the kingdom and all this will be added. Mm -hmm. If I put God's First, if I put his truth above everything that I see, if I believe the invisible, then I find that I've got more than enough to sustain me. Mm-hmm. When I'm not concerned about grabbing, getting, constructing my own life, but to simply do the will of the Father, you'll find yourself abundantly provided for. He's been fasting for 40 days, so he's super hungry. I've juice fasted for 40 days, and that's, you're hungry. It looks like he has nothing. Turn this rock into bread. And he says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that, and in the Greek, it's continually proceeds. Talk about abundance. God's always talking. It's, it's whether or not I hear him. The, it's the river of life. It's flow, <laughs> like you said, abundant flowing constantly. It's, it's, and, and when you get that, it's like, man, food, that food rots. I eat once and then I'm hungry again. But this, if I'm connected to this source, I'm always, be, I have water for you. Sir, give you, me this water so I don't have to come back to this well. <laughs> right? I've got water that you don't know about because if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. It doesn't mean you just drink it once. It means you're always drinking it. Mm. <laughs> that means it's you're, cons, you're constantly consuming it because it never ends. I love that. Constantly consuming. Where are we constantly consuming? Because mm. that's what, that's what Peter was doing. Good. Constantly consuming con- companies, right? Constantly, co- constantly consuming. We're, we're doing that. That's what pirates do. When we're a pirate. That's, yeah. When we live a pirate's life, we're constantly consuming. So we, we, as we turn to home, why? Why do we need to grow up? You had mentioned earlier he can't become a child again. He can't become 10, 12, 13. He can't become that age. We can't, we're not Benjamin Button. We're not going backwards in time. So why? What's the purpose? Why is it important? Well, and because some of the danger is we become childish, Mm -hmm. not childlike, and become stuck pursuing adventure for adventure's sake. And it took... Tink somehow weirdly reminding him of the fact that he loves Myra. Oh, wait, I don't love you, Tink. I love Myra. He got his heart back. He got his heart back, but he wasn't using it to fix his family. Not yet. He's like, we're going to have amazing adventures. This is awesome. Yeah, not yet. Because because here's what, again, I don't know that it happens as much anymore. I guess maybe it still does. 
But there used to be this thing called midlife crisis for men. There used to be this thing, right? Where, where they get to a point and they have forgotten who they were. And so their reaction is to get a toupee and to buy a sports car and to divorce their wife and get a younger wife, right? In other words, they're just becoming a child again. So th that's they're still taking and destroying, destroying a marriage, destroying their children with, you know, I, I know people get divorced and that's what happens. And, you know, I'm not telling people they're evil for getting divorced. I'm just saying like, like, but at the same time, divorce is a hard thing as much as it just might be something we have to deal with. It's, it's still a, a huge wound that people have to deal with. So, so you're and, and children have to deal with it growing up and lie. And this gives so many opportunities for the enemy to lie to us about things. But so this guy who's he's hit 45, let's just make that number up, but let's, he's hit 45 and he's not 22 anymore. And he's looking back and all the things that he dreamed None of them came true. And he's gone so far away. And he's like, and he wants to recapture that. But what, what happens is, is he tries to act like he's 22 again. And that's not the solution. That's not the solution because you're not 22 anymore. You're, you've lived and learned some things that were good, more than likely, in 20 years. And so... The point is, how do I recapture the child in my heart and live in the situation I have right now? How do I how, not redeem my whole situation? Although sometimes you might need to maybe, I mean, in the end, I don't know if Peter kept his job after he, you know, threw the threw phone, phone or whatever, <laughs> hang up, hung up on the guy and, and threw it out the window or whatever. Uh I don't know what happened to him, but he changed his he changed his view of success. So he had to be redirected from let me just act like a kid. Now that I've recaptured what it means to be a child, let me act like a kid. No. You keep the kid, but now redirect that into being a hero that your your kids need to be. Be the hero that your your wife needs you to be. Be the hero that um, these, these orphans need you to be, be a hero that these other people in your community need you to be where you are right now, be that person. And that might end up meaning you maybe get a different job or have to move to a different house, because if your ideas of success are different, that's going to cause conflict with your, like, like it does with, what was it Brad on the phone? Who was it on the phone? Yeah. Uh, well, as it does with Brad on the phone, he won't leave him alone. He won't leave him alone. It's like, look, that's, I've got a different idea of success now. You, Brad, you need to learn what it feels like to fly. Here you go. You know, yeah. um, I'd love to help you, but maybe during business hours, not now. So it's important to grow up because as a kid, when he was Peter Pan, it was just about having fun. And that's totally appropriate when you're 13. But you can't stay there. Staying there is toxic. Staying there is you, right. you can't stay there. If you, you can't, you got to grow up. But you don't grow up to become a pirate. But you grow up into new situations and new responsibilities, 
remembering the dream, remembering the awe and the wonder of life. And we all know people who are 70 years old and have remembered the awe and the wonder of life. And we love to be around those people. And we all know people who are 70 years old and they're just bitter and cold and lonely. And you can't wait to get away from those people. And you can't wait, get, wait to get away from them. <laughs> and it's not because they smell like Ben Gay. It's just because of their, <laughs> their, their, their vibe. It's just like, it's like you want to do to them like the kid did to Peter. Like, can I just make you smile somehow? Like, <laughs> Can't you remember who you are? Don't you know who you are? And, and, and I think it's a powerful thing. And that's, so God wants us to remember who we are, not to go live like a child, but live like a grown full person, remembering that core promise of of childlike wonder and adventure and and our our kids need to see us live adventures my kids need to see me take a risk and jump and maybe not always know what i'm doing because that's how they feel probably every freaking day right Uh, every day is due to them right but hang on think of that what would it be like to enter every day as if it were new? Because it is, right? As That's if good. That's good. Right. Every day is new, but we don't enter that. And like you said, the the what I had written down, it's it's about combining the heart of the child with the strength of maturity. Mm, that's so good. Just strength without the heart of the child is pirate. The heart of the child without strength of matri- maturity is the lost boys. But we're called to become Peter. We're called to have the heart of the child with the strength of maturity so that we can rescue our children, so that we can be a father to the fatherless. Right. So that we can impact the world for for good, exactly like you said, but and and use that as our measurement of success, not the numbers, the zeros on the dollar signs of the deals that were getting done. Yeah. And so to go back to what Toodle said and what and what he had to learn, what Peter had to learn before he could become the hero, is he had to learn from the core of love, which is important. It wasn't until he he remembered love that he could do these things the right way. Cuz we're not rescuing people so we can write new books and make a lot of money. That's still being a pirate. That's a pirate in sheep's clothing, right? Um, But he had to learn how to crow, how to fly, and how to fight. To crow means you speak the truth in love. Don't lie to people. Be honest. That's the kind of person you want to be. Don't lie. Lying is just going to make you more of a pirate. Be honest. It's going to be hard. They might even cause conflict, but be honest, but do it in love. Speak the truth in love. And then to fly means you are living in a supernatural way. You are resting on God's grace. You are living for the kingdom, expecting God will take care of you, right? You are jumping, knowing that the bungee cord is attached, right? And it may look crazy <laughs> to people, but but you're 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 living by a different, you're operating by a different law. And that's scary to some people, but 
that's that's what we need. And then to fight is that means you got to learn to fight for what matters. You got to learn the enemy. You got to remember who the real enemy is. And it's not people. <laughs> you got to remember who the real enemy is and you got to remember the right reasons to fight and that's to help others. And if you learn to crow out of love, when you remember that love, you're holding, he was holding the teddy bear and right, you know, and remembered love and the dream of what it meant to be a father. And from that place of love, from that relationship, the ultimate love is Jesus and God, right? And the Holy spirit from that place, learning to speak the truth in love, operate by a different spirit and a different power through relationship with him, fly, and then fight for what is real. Man, what a great adventure. You can do that anywhere. You can take those three principles and do that in your job right now. You can take those three principles and do that in your marriage right now. You can take those three principles. <laughs> See what I mean? Like, I, I, you, you don't need a whole new situation to do that. Now, your situations might change because what happens is God starts realigning your situation <laughs> to who you are within that's what he does. But we don't need that to start changing the atmosphere where we are with that, with being that sort of fully alive person we were created to be. Yeah, that's good stuff. And Britt, we sort of saved this movie to align when when your your book's coming out. We were reborn for this, right? Yep. So Tell people about your book, where they can get it, and you should go get it. Yeah, so We Were Reborn for This is just based on a lot of revelation and a lot of teaching that God has shown me over the years about why were we born again, what was the purpose, what was the reason uh, we were born again. We were not just saved from hell. We were born again of a different power and a different spirit, and there was purpose behind that. And again, it goes into a lot of what this movie's about. And so I kind of align the story of Lazarus from the Bible in the Gospel of John with these three ideas of crow, fly, and fight. And I kind of align, you know, that's kind of three the three different sections of the book as Lazarus was taken from death to life. And I look at that story and I, and I talk about how we participate in uh, these events in people's lives and how we, what does it mean for us to crow in the spirit? What does it mean for us to fly in the spirit and what it means for us to fight? And so, yeah, you can get it anywhere. Books are sold. It's going to be on Amazon. And I'm really, I just look at how Jesus lived because if we're, if we're to be like him, then he's the model for what we do. Yeah. So I just I you know use him as the model and what he did at at you know Lazarus's tomb and and use that as a way to encourage us that we this is what we already have. I don't need to achieve the spirit of God. He's given it to me. And this is the purpose. Yeah. And uh, how do we live in that? So yeah. So that's you know, it's coming out and you can just find it on Amazon. Yeah. Just we were reborn for this the Jesus model for living heaven on earth. And that's really what this is. That's what this movie is about to me. That's why I used it as kind of a framework for the book is how do we live like Neverland exists, but it's here, but we're here. 
You know, how do we take what we've learned from Neverland, from the kingdom, from the supernatural, from the unseen, and live it? Live like heaven is real, because it is. Well, thanks, dude. So check that out. There'll be links on our website, menofthemovies.com backslash podcast, as well as in the show notes for you to find. We were reborn for this. So this has been Paul McDonald and Britt Mooney talking about Hook. Uh, go check out Britt's book. And uh, hope you join us next time here on the Men at the Movies podcast. So, your adventures are over. Oh no. To live. To live will be an awfully big adventure. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be? Hey!